Michael's Michael Bidwell, who joins us in studio here at the Auction Community Studios. Michael, thanks for coming in. Great uh, to see you. My pleasure. Good morning. It's great to be here again. Yeah, I want to start here. Uh, Bick and I have had a lot of conversations, even during the season, but since the season ended. 4-13 and 13 this year, but it feels so different from 4-13 and 13 a year ago when you look at all of the aspects of this organization. I'd love to get your perspective as, as the man in charge of this organization. How, how different does this feel from last year? Well, I'd just say the organization is uh, 100% different than it was a year ago. And when you look at coaching, uh, Monty, what he's done, uh, our personnel, our uh, you know front office across the board. And uh, you look at last year's season, and especially when we got Kyler back over the last eight games, mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a running game, uh, having a team that believed in each other, having a team that that held the lead in most every game. Uh, now, we let it slip away in too many of those games, but this team believes in uh, Coach Gannon and uh, believes in the system. And uh, it's, it's great to see the team playing together and fighting, even when those games didn't count at the end, yeah. including beating a couple of playoff teams, uh, you know, on the road in hostile uh, environments. It says a lot about this team and the direction we're going. There's no out about it the fact that this team always fought to the end of games and to the end of the season that doesn't always happen on a team that isn't winning let's start with your general manager as I said before we came on it looks like you got a good one it looks like you got a guy a real football guy who kind of knows what football players to kind of sign up with no question and keep in mind Monty came from New England and where he was Bill Belichick's right-hand uh, personnel person up there for years Robert Kraft told me hey if if we were ever going to hire a general manager Monty would be number one on his list so I know we got a great one and, and you just look at the last year uh, the the great success we had in free agency and, and with the draft and some of the moves that he made throughout the season and looking at, uh, you know, we're just a couple of weeks away now from from free agency. I'm super excited about, um, you know, his plan going into free agency. We don't know exactly what it is because yeah. we're not sure exactly which players will be on the market. Uh, but I know we're going to be very active. We were joking off the air and I said, well, we were a little bit disappointed that Monty didn't completely reveal his plan for us and our audience yeah. uh, when it comes to the offseason. Yeah. But with his dealings on draft day last year, um, first time in that role leading an organization in a draft and he was a wheeler and a dealer and he set you guys up very nicely for this year I mean, where is the confidence level what Monty says hey we're going to build big time through the draft. I mean, you got to be beaming with confidence about his ability to, to make that happen. Absolutely. Every Cardinals fan should be because uh, what he did last year demonstrated he's a true pro. Uh, he absolutely handled that thing masterfully as if he was a 10-year mm-hmm. veteran general manager. And the amount of uh, uh, plates that we had spinning while we were on the clock was just remarkable. Remarkable. I had never seen anything like it in my life. And I'd seen a lot of trades go down uh, throughout my, my lifetime, but that was amazing. One of the things, now let's talk about Jonathan Gannon, because obviously the, the hiring of him created some, some angst. Uh, it created some, some draft night angst between, I guess, you and, and the owner in Philadelphia. Turns out to be well worth the trouble. Um, your assessment of Jonathan Gannon after one year on the job, especially with all of that stuff that kind of prefaced his entry into the NFL. You know, I think uh, he was already regarded as one of the, the bright defensive uh, coaches in, in the National Football 
Football League, um, what he did in terms of the step up to being head coach. I mean, the key thing there is leadership. And you just look at the way this team played, going back to that. Um, they all believe in him. All 53 men believe in what Coach Gannon is is um, is talking about and in the plan. Uh, they bought in. His staff has bought in. Uh, he went with the younger staff. That was a question mark a year ago. I think they demonstrated that they really, uh, uh, you know, age and, and, and experience uh, are something that uh, are important. But these guys uh, really did a great job, and and everybody's bought into what JG is is um, is 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 leading us through. And and I I'm just super impressed with him as well. Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, in studio with us here as we continue Newsmakers Week. Uh, about Jonathan Gannon, um, so much was made from his exit from Philadelphia. You guys hire him the day after uh, the Super Bowl loss, and he became a scapegoat, for lack of a better term, in Philadelphia. And I think there's still a lot of fans that are uh, upset with him. But um, that makes what happened late in the season with the Cardinals going in and beating Philadelphia in their on their home field late in the season when that was a big game for them. It had to be delicious for everybody involved. And I, and I, one of the things that we've talked about is that Jonathan Gannon kind of downplays all of those accomplishments individually. The first win, it was like, hey, it's no big deal. We'll, we'll do this again. He kind of downplayed that, too. It's, it's just business as usual, isn't it? He did. But um, what, what you, you didn't really see is the amount of confidence that the team had going into that week, going into that stadium. And that's one of the most, if not the most hostile places to play in the National Football League, mm-hmm. especially at that point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this team was so confident going into that game. Uh, I, I, it was just it's exciting to just reflect upon yeah. that day because that was a huge win for us. It was a statement win. And it was really about what this organization is going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. You know, what's funny is is you only won four games, but each of them had their own kind of flavor. And they right. were all they were all kind of very nourishing in ways that generally you wouldn't get with a four win team. All right. I, I want to ask you this. When you look at what the Diamondbacks did, Ken Kendrick, their owner, said, OK, prove to me that we're close and that I'm going to spend then I'll right. then I'll really bump up the payroll how do you feel about that I know it's different in football because of the hard cap but at the same time as Monty said the other day if you get involved in free agency it generally means you're going to overpay right where are you at as owner of this team given the fact that are you are you there now where you're ready to sink a lot of money into this is it all just fluid <laughs> That kind of stuff. Well, I, I'd, I'd go back to the, the the extension of Kyler Murray. You know, right. we started spending on the foundational uh, parts of this roster, and when you look at going into this this free agency uh, period, uh, I don't know exactly where we're going to spend, but Monty knows he has the resources to go out there and get the job done. And so we've talked about that at length. Um, he's going to be smart about it, um, but we know we're close, and we also know that there have been some changes in the NFC West, and it's time for us to really take advantage of. Of, of this opportunity. You mentioned Kyler Murray. It was an interesting year for him coming back from the injury. And I think he opened the eyes of a lot of people that may have been maybe naysayers on, on his ability to lead an NFL franchise. What was your perspective? What was uh, what, what did you see from Kyler Murray, uh, this version of Kyler Murray coming back from an injury? Each year, I've seen uh, a step change in terms of his growth. And this year, you know, it was a little bit different because he was coming back from that injury. But as soon as he stepped on the field, the team rallied around him. And you saw what he did. And you look at our production on offense. You know, we we went from a a good running game team to, I think we were, 
top five in the league mm-hmm. after he stepped onto the field for those last eight games. So scoring went up, uh, the ability to control the ball. Um, he just brought a confidence level and a, a leadership to the to the offense and to the, the to the entire team uh, that I think was palpable. Um, I, given what this team did last year and the excitement and the optimism they sort of regenerated, is it your hope that the vibe at State Farm Stadium is going to get back to what it was during the BA era when you had a real heavy home field advantage. Now, again, there's a lot that's not in your control because the secondary market, it affects everybody, sports teams, concert goers, Mm -hmm. everything. But in terms of regaining that, how important is that to you? And do you think you're close? Super important. I I, I think it'll take a little bit of time, but I think we're going to make a a big uh, step change this year in terms of working on, um, you know, we've we've expanded our sales and service team dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so we're really focused on putting Cardinals fans in those seats. We can't exactly control what happens to those tickets because of the secondary market, um, but uh, we're, we're really focused on getting Cardinals fans in those seats. All right. As, as one of the young um, younger owners in the league who, who has a certain status with the commissioner, you're sort of helping push this league forward. What are your thoughts on the balance between the demand for football? The money you can generate, the profits you can generate, it's all there. You can put basically any price tag. You look at the list of the most highly rated television programs, it's all football games now. What's the line between let's max out profit-wise and let's scale back and just focus on the quality and fan experience, all that stuff? Are there concerns that you have to weigh when you look at just how the growth curve of the sport and how it just never stops? I I think you've always got to balance. Um, but I think the first thing that we look at when we're, we're meeting is, number one, player safety. We've got to continue to, to focus on that, invest in that, make the rules changes to make this a safer game uh, for all players, knowing that that's going to cascade down to college, to, to high school, and to youth football. Um, and so when we look at that, we, we know that we've got a real uh, position of responsibility. But then also we need to innovate. We need to keep investing in this game and making sure this game is accessible. Um, and, you know, the, you look at the youth of, the, of America and the youth of the world, they're now starting to tune in, um, you know, as, as things are streamed. This is now a worldwide sport, and we're, we're taking the, the games, obviously, internationally. I think over the next five or ten years, you're going to see more of that international series grow. We're going down to Brazil this mm-hmm. year. You can see other countries in, in Europe that we'll be going to. It was uh, crazy in Germany. The game you guys had in Germany was insane, the way that, how people were into it. It sold out in six or seven minutes. Wow. It's crazy uh, wow. how oversubscribed it was, and it sold out faster than any uh, soccer match or Formula One race. <laughs> yeah. So um, wow. the, 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 the interest in football worldwide uh, and so we've got to keep our eye on that and, and you know, meet fans where they are. Yeah. Um, you know, they're all consuming the, the product through their phones, through their tablets, um, you know, year round uh, and, and throughout the day. And we've got to continue to make sure that we're, uh, you know, we're innovating and we're, we're meeting our fans where they are. Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, our guest here on Newsmakers Week. You, you led me where I'm going with that when, when, you, when you held up your phone and talked about the consumption on the phone and the tablets and the NFL made headlines this year. First game ever on a streaming service was on Peacock. There's another one coming on Amazon next year. I'm a crotchety old man. I wasn't necessarily a fan <laughs> of it, So, but you, I'm not one of those young people that's consuming on my phone. 
How more widespread do you see this becoming in the near future? Well, I think it's it, it's just a fact of life, Vince. When you think about it, more and more of what we consume, we might be fighting it. We're the old guys now, mm-hmm. but we've 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 got to be uh, focused on the future of the game and the future of our fans. Um, I think it's also very important, and this is key, and I think a differentiator with the National Football League. We always make the the game free and available over the air mm-hmm. in the markets of the teams that are participating. So if it's Arizona versus Seattle, um, you know Arizona and Seattle, those two markets are going to have the games uh, uh, over the air free for the fans. Uh, It'll be streamed to the rest of the country and the rest of the world, but the games have never been more accessible, and we're using streaming and that technology to make it more accessible. Well, Michael, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us coming in. Uh, Every year you do this, we appreciate it every year. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's always an honor to be here. Uh, Appreciate it, Michael. Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, joining us.